Welcome to Undisguided Podcast, brought to you by Maria Dornell, Realtor, helping families open the doors to their dream homes. Hello, folks. I'm your host of Undiscouted, Corey Felton, and today I have a legendary coach online, Coach Josh Shirts of LMU. How you doing, Coach? I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, really, really, uh, really grateful to have the opportunity to, to catch up with you. And legendary, that's a that's quite a stretch. Maybe legendary in my own mind, but uh, but that's uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be on. Hey, Coach, no problem, man. And legendary. It starts where we want to start at, but you have had an incredible career as a coach. Could you give us some background information before we get started, just about who you are and what you've been doing over the course of your career? Sure. Um, you know, I got in, I, I played uh, college basketball. I was not a very good player, but I played uh, NAI uh, Division Two at the time, was a, a low-level player, loved the game, uh, wasn't very good at it, uh, was a a backup uh, player at that level and um, knew if I wanted to, to, you know, love being part of the team, love the competition, love the game itself, knew if I wanted to stay close to it, uh, something we're going to be as a pro player. So coaching was my uh, entree into that and um, was really fortunate uh, coming out of uh, out of college to get an opportunity to work with uh, Florida Atlantic University as a, as a graduate assistant. I did that for a year and then I went over to uh, Lynn University, which is a Division Two in Boca Raton, right across the street. I was there for uh, two years and then was hired at uh, Queens University of Charlotte uh, in North Carolina and was there uh, for two years. And uh, my, actually, the coach who's there now was with the coach then, Bart Lundy. He got the job at uh, High Point University and took me with him, fortunately. And I was the associate coach at High Point. Uh, for five years, and then uh, in 2008, um, was hired as, as the head coach here at Lincoln Memorial University, and just finished my 12th year here, and getting ready for, uh, for for year 13. Hopefully, year 13. We'll see uh, with how everything shakes out with this pandemic, but hopefully, uh, year 13 on tap. And coach, you said hopefully. Um, I'm hoping for a season as well at some point. Um, just to see you guys get back out there on the court and see these young kids be able to have the opportunity to play again at the collegiate level uh, will be amazing because right now everything's up in the air. So just to have that opportunity of the thought, it's a, it's a great opportunity. Now, Coach, you say you're a legend in your own mind, but your winning record says that you're the second highest winning coach in college basketball history. Coach, what's a, what's a day in the life? of coach shirts? Uh, well, I mean, you know, uh, I obviously, um, you know, work with, with unbelievable people. I'm at a place that, uh, uh, really, really cares about basketball. I'm not one of those guys that's, uh, you know, dumb enough to think our success is attributable to me. I understand, uh, we gotta, you know, you have to have an administration that, uh, really cares about it, values it and supports you. And that's probably, uh, the number one thing in terms of our success is, you know, everyone's pulling the rope here in the same direction. Uh, you don't have people working against each other. Everybody wants basketball to be successful and whatever they can do within the rules uh, to make that happen. Uh, everybody is on board um, and they give us a product that's attractive to high level, uh, not just athletes, but student athletes. Um, 
And so that that's where it all starts. And then certainly uh, staff uh, been fortunate to work with uh, over the years, some incredible assistant coaches. We've got a number that are college head coaches right now that are on staff here at LMU. And I've been learned so much and I really been, been so blessed to work alongside of those guys. And then at the end of the day, um, you know, I would say, and then I believe, you know, players win games. Coaches can only lose them. You know, uh, players are the ones who got to go out and, and win the game. Coaches, we can screw it up. We can not have them ready, not adjust, uh, not be prepared uh, the right way. Um, but we can never, never win games. So players, obviously, are the most important part. But in terms of day to day, I'm not a guy who's there, at, you know, six in the morning or anything like that. I don't sleep in the office. Uh, I try to certainly have balance in my life, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll get in at uh, at, at nine a.m. usually, and uh, you know, we'll we'll have a staff meeting. Um, I'll get some whatever work I need to get done. Uh, go lift with our strength coach. It puts me through a quick thirty-minute workout around lunch. Come back usually, uh, grab a bite with my wife, and then back in the office. And and uh, you know, we we we're really fortunate. You know, we we practice every day at the same time. We've got a beautiful practice facility and we've got an arena so we don't really and we don't share that with, with volleyball they've got a separate arena so it's really just men's and basketball and so we're able to practice the same time every day and, and uh you know that that's been that's been really good for us um and we go about 3 30 you know we start with everything and then we're finished about 5 30 and and uh food dinners delivered and uh we'll sit there spend some time the coaches go with the players afterwards uh breaking bread and eating it's been an important part uh for us of, of our success, I think it's just being able to be together. And so after every practice, uh, there's a, a catered meal delivered to the nutrition room. Guys get off the court, head there, grab their meals. Coaches do too. No cell phones. Everybody goes in the players' lounge and eats and relaxes and talks. And then I usually head home and, and spend time with my family at night, you know, make my recruiting calls, do that. But nothing where I'm, I'm, I'm there at, at, at five or six in the a.m. on a daily basis. Like I said, I try to have balance between my family and my job and I always want to uh, do as well as I can, uh, you know, career wise and, and do the best job I can for my team, but prioritize my family, of course. Coach, that sounds like an amazing day in and day out. One thing that I can take away from you though is how do you get those athletes to leave their cell phones to eat dinner? Cause I, I try it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and they're stuck yeah, no, to them. It's hard, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, they may sneak it in. I may not even be aware. They may sneak it in, but no, it is. It is that is a challenge, you know, to get to get uh, today's generation to talk to each other, and and uh, so we just, you know, fortunately, we go straight from practice, and and uh, we we try to make sure there's conversation there. I think um, you know the best teams feel a responsibility to one another. They they really. Uh, don't want to let each other down. They, they care for one another at a high level. I know that sounds kind of uh, cheesy or Pollyanna, but you know, I, I really believe that. And to, and to really care for somebody, you got to know them off the court. You got to know who they are and what they're about. And so uh, we do, you know, and, and food to me is an easy way to bridge that, but we certainly do spend a lot of time with our guys throughout. But then that, that post-practice meal is a nice little window where, hey, it's just players and coaches and we're all together, and, and it's a chance for us to, to spend some time with them uh, away from the basketball court. That's awesome, Coach. Uh, community building, I, I believe, is is huge, especially when you're on a team. If they understand mm-hmm. who each other are individually, then when they come together, it's an amazing experience. And a lot of kids, <laughs> they get away from that because of the cell phone and because we're in an instant instantaneous society right now. 
they don't realize like, hey, if I really got to know this person, then I can know how to really feed this person the ball or what's their what's their real motive when we're on the court together. So the fact that you uh mm-hmm. sit them down and have dinner and conversate with them, coach, I think that's an amazing opportunity that you spend with your your athletes. Well, I appreciate it. We try to do stuff to, you know, to, to, for them to get to know each other, whether it's uh, we have a, you know, sports psychologist who comes in and does multiple team building exercises. We do some things on our own, but I can't uh, overstate how important that is to develop uh, an authentic and, and real uh, care and, and really a love for one another. And, and it, it's got to be a family and you can't, uh, you can't fabricate that. It's got to be authentic. Um, always believe the foundation of coaching is 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 love uh, i think that's the most important part you start there and like i tell our players like every family there's no perfect family um uh, you know i'm not always we're not always going to like each other i'm not always going to like them they're not always going to like me but i'm always going to love them and just because i don't like what they're doing or like something they did or like an action or a behavior or whatever it doesn't affect the fact that the foundational piece is you know hey i love you and i'm here for you and i'm, I'm completely invested in your uh, growth, your development, and uh, but you have to build those relationships over time. They got to build those same relationships uh, with one another as as players and as coaches, and that um, that that aspect of togetherness uh, that allows you to to really uh, weather uh, the difficulties that are sure to arise inside of the season. Thank you for that, Coach. I really appreciate that information right there because I think it's imperative that kids understand like. There's a there's a, a love that goes inside of basketball. And for the person to be able to instruct you as a coach, there's a love that and passion that that person has. And when that person sows into you, you have the opportunity to, like you say, become a better person or understand what angle I'm coming from. And, you know, even though sometimes I might say some things to you, you might mess up, we're still a family at the end of the day. And I think that's key mm-hmm. to these young athletes right now to have a family away from home. For sure, I think that's that's uh, you know been a huge part for us is, is to create that family. And like I said, everybody looks at uh, you know our love as being a, a, a soft thing, and, and certainly you know love is certainly hugging on your guys and, and caring about them and uh, being completely invested in their growth and development and caring for them at the highest level. But sometimes love is tough love. Sometimes love is an arm around the shoulder. Sometimes love is a kick in the butt because, hey, <laughs> you know, you're not doing the right things. And uh, uh, tough love is as much a part of love as, as the actual, you know, uh, feeling. And and so um, I don't look at it as, oh, this is a negative or, or, hey, it's, you know, everybody can kind of do whatever they want. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're pushing you to be the very best possible version of yourself. We're going to, you know, do everything we can to develop you holistically as a, as a man, as a student, as a player. Um, but we want you to leave uh, our university, walk across that stage, and be ready to go uh, dominate life and be successful in life, whether that's as a pro player. We've had a number of those guys, whether it's as a coach. We have guys in corporate America. we got guys in all kinds of areas. But we want to equip them with the tools to go be successful and dominate in life. And that's what I'm talking about, Coach. Dominating in life. Coach, mm-hmm. you spoke earlier about you give your recruits a call. Um COVID-19 has startled everyone. And right now, a lot of 2021 kids are in limbo. They don't know what's, what's going to happen or what may happen in the future for them and the sport. Um, could you give some advice to the recruits right now? Yeah, I would say, uh, I would tell recruits just, 
you know, continue to, to reach out, be, uh, you know, it's difficult, like I said, division ones, uh, you know, you, right now, the way the rules are set up, you know, you can't take visits there in a dead period. Division two is, uh, in a quiet period. I'm not sure about division three. I think NAI is a wide open for business. And I think division threes can go out and recruit and bring people on. But, you know, if you're wanting to play college basketball, you know, just make sure, uh, these AAU events, it's certainly not, you know, ideal. It's not what it's been where coaches are there and they're courtside. But uh, every program uh, worth its salt is, is watching uh, the live streams. So try to play in events uh, that are live streams. Uh, send those live streams uh, to, to schools that you're interested in that you think you can play at. Um, continue to try to build and connect. Use your AAU coach, use your high school coach, uh, and you yourself. Uh, you know, uh, reach out and, and schools that you think you might be a good fit for schools that, that you have an interest in, not just, um, from a basketball standpoint, but from an academic standpoint, um, and, and, and make sure you're getting on that radar and if, you know, and ask them for honest feedback. And it's, uh, because I think that, you know, the, the best thing a coach can tell you, of course, is yes, you know, we're very interested. The second best thing is no. Uh, so, you know, you can kind of not waste your time spinning your wheels. You can go in a different direction. So, don't be scared uh, to be told no. It, it doesn't take, you know, uh, 20 offers. It really to have one right offer with the right fit is better than, you know, 50 offers where, where that's not the case. So it's really just about having an offer, being in a place that's the right fit for you. And the right fit constitutes a lot of things, right? I mean, the right fit is is certainly the, you know, the, the program. And the, and the most important part of any program is the people you're going to do it with, the other players you're going to play with the coaching staff what's their philosophy you know certainly what are what are the what's the culture like of the program what are the opportunities to play uh who are you competing against what's the style of play does it fit you um do you like the area would you would you be comfortable living there what are the academics and and do you have what you want you know do they have what you want to study are they academically uh, reputable um so that there's all these different factors you got to take into once you get into it but certainly to try to get on the radar screen, I think, you know, playing, being in places where, where you can get streamed, sending those streams, sending video to coaches and being proactive uh, in, in gender, you know, engendering some, some opportunities is important, particularly at this time where, like I said, coaches are kind of stuck and, and they can only stream however many games and they can't watch, you know, 10 games at once. So be proactive in getting your stuff out there. And coach, I, I thank you for that information. That's a golden nugget um, because a lot of recruits have that question. And I believe you just answered all those questions and inquiries they have about well, what do I do? What can I do? Or how can I do it? So um, the community appreciates that answer, coach. Time. So this, this 2021 class, like I said, we, we feel for them. Certainly the 2020 class didn't get to you know have a normal graduation. And now this group that's uh, had their kind of, you know, recruiting world turned upside down. Obviously, there's much more significant problems uh, than that. But that, that to me, is the best way to, to handle that. You know, um, that would be the, the best way in terms of making sure you're proactive, don't sit back and don't expect anything. Reach out, send film, uh, and get and get honest feedback. And then, yes or no, you can move forward. Gotcha. Thank you, Coach. Um, Coach, a lot of kids may not play in AAU and they're doing like these workouts and everything. Are those workouts significant to see as well? Yeah, I mean, you can you can get a gauge of somebody uh, on, on a workout. I think it's hard, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I was, a, I was a great player 
uh, when it was, you know, me versus chair, me versus cone, it was the other nine players on the floor that made me a bad player. So, um, there's some, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a game with 10 players, but certainly can you look at somebody's skills? Can you look at somebody's athleticism on a workout? Yes. I think highlights, highlight videos, workout videos certainly can be beneficial. Nothing is more beneficial than watching a guy, uh, you know, play with nine other players, uh, particularly if they're, um, you know, if the talent level is comparable. Um, and so that's the best case scenario, but I would, I would get out what I can if you're not playing AAU, uh, get a highlight video of last season, you know, your junior year, uh, put a workout video together. And then, you know, if it's division two, II, division three, NAIA, get yourself there and, and say, Hey, I want to come in and work. Can I, can I work out with your guys? Can I, you know, can I come in and, and play, with your guys and try to showcase what you could do. If it's division one, you're going to have to be a little more patient because they're in a dead period. Um, but you're still trying to get on that radar. And, and the hope is everybody's got their fingers crossed that, that high school season, college season will be able to go off. And uh, you got, you know, we'll, we'll be able to evaluate and, and, and see these guys as they get into their senior year. But it's also more important now than ever. You know, if you find somewhere that's the right fit, there's not a whole lot of point in dragging it out. If you have a good fit, you, you got a place that's offered you and you feel really good about uh, the institution in those areas that I mentioned before, uh, you know, now is not the time to, to drag it out and try to maybe wait for something better because I think this is going to be, uh, when this all shakes out, a very unique recruiting year uh, across the board. There you have it, Coach. I mean, you have it, like, I think that this year it is going to be unique. And, you know, I see a lot of kids with multiple offers, and you hit something on the head earlier. You say find the place that's, that suits you, that fits you the best. And to me that's the best advice you can give a young athlete right now because, you know, a lot of people get caught up in the hype of D1 or nothing or, you know, D2. or It's about where you can fit in and where you can play at and where you can basically – continue your legacy and continue playing basketball and also the education piece that goes along with being a college athlete on a scholarship level. Right. Right. Now I agree. I think people get caught up in, you know, uh, making decisions, trying to go to the, you know, the, the biggest school, biggest main school recruiting them, the highest level recruiting them. And it's really not all about that. You're some of the best players. Um, the NBA today, you know, a uh, Lillard, a Curry, a Kawhi Leonard, all these various guys, PJ McCollum, they all played, you know, low to mid-major Division One. You know, we've had uh, Manuel Terry in the NBA. I know Division Two has had a number of guys in the NBA. We've had like, 17 pros the last nine years. And um, there's a, a ton of guys that come out of this level that go on and make a, a ton of money playing. Um, so it's, it's really about that. It's about going somewhere where uh, – Man, you know, I, I really enjoy the players. I enjoy the coaching staff. I think the culture fits me. I think the academics, uh, they have what I want to study. They're, they're, you know, they're a good academic school. They fit me, my profile academically. The style of play works for me. Um, and I have an opportunity uh, based on the roster to, to see playing time. You know, I'm not going to be stuck behind a, a guy who was a, you know, a player of the year as a freshman and, and I'm coming in as a freshman. He's got three more years left. So, um, all those things, you know, factor in and that, and that's what makes it, uh, you know, that's what makes a good choice. Everybody, you know, um, like, like anything, everybody wants to stop the epidemic that transfers, but you know, it's a whole different podcast, but when you get into that, uh, the best, the best way to, 
to stop that is for people to make decisions for the right reasons, right? Usually when you make decisions for the wrong reasons, they don't tend to work out. So uh, it's not a problem that's going to be stopped anytime soon. But if your only consideration is, uh, you know, the biggest name or social media, improving your influence or your followers and your likes or whatever, and it's not that other stuff, then there's a good chance it's not going to work out the way you hoped. And Coach, once again, that's another nugget, and I appreciate you for it. Coach, I have one more question for you. Um, given that the season goes on, what are your goals as a coach this year? Uh, you know, same as, as every year. Um, you know, we don't set a whole lot of goals relative to, you know, wins and losses or, or anything like that. Certainly everybody, uh, when, when you meet, there's 300 and some Division two teams and everyone has the same goal, and that would be ultimately to be the last team standing and win the national championship. But uh, my goal as a coach is always the same every year. I want, I want to help uh, these young men uh, maximize their potential uh, as a team. I want to see them be the best they can be individually and for us to be the best we can be collectively, and those goals uh, certainly uh, coalesce. They're not binary. Um, you know, if the players are the best they can be individually, then we'll be the best team we can be collectively. And then I want to make sure that uh, our guys are positioning themselves, like I said, continuing to equip them with the tools uh, to go on and be successful in life. Because if your whole life is based on uh, wins and losses, uh, that's a pretty boring existence. So um, we don't define ourselves by rings or by trophies. You know, at, at LMU, we define ourselves by the kind of men we are. And, and um, you know, I, I think that's every bit as important or more important than anything we're going to do on the court. But certainly I want to see our guys uh, maximize and get every drop out of what they have to offer uh, in between the lines and then certainly take advantage of everything outside the lines. Coach, thank you for taking your time out today and thank you for talking about LMU. Thank you for talking about yourself, Coach. It's been truly an honor and thank you for dropping all the nuggets you did during this podcast. We appreciate you from Underscouted. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, Corey. I appreciate you and keep up the great work. And, and thanks again for uh, including me. No problem. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, sir. I'd like to give a thank you to our sponsors Magaya Watches, Keep It Time in Sports, and Maria Dorno, Realtor of La Rosa Realty, helping families open doors to their dream homes.